Welcome to worship at Providence Presbyterian Church on this Sunday, February 14th, 2021. We are located at 2401 Broad Avenue. The special item in February for the food bank will be soup again, although all donations are appreciated. The annual congregational meeting will be held on Sunday, February 21st, 2021, immediately following the worship service. Copies of the church's annual report for 2020 will be distributed prior to this meeting. Around the world, millions of people lack access to sustainable food sources, clean water, sanitation, education, and opportunity. The three programs supported by the One Great Hour of Sharing is Presbyterian Disaster Assistance, the Presbyterian Hunger Program, and Self-Development of People. All work in different ways to serve individuals and communities in need. This offering is received during the season of Lent, February 17th through April 4th. Offering envelopes for this are located back in the boxes for the, for the giving. We thank those of you who are currently able to support the church with your offerings. It truly is a blessing in enabling us to keep current in paying church expenses. Now, let us prepare our hearts for worship as we listen to the prelude.
let us worship God. Let us join in our call to worship. The glory of God shines like a consuming fire. We have seen the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The voice of God thunders like a mighty storm. Out of the cloud God speaks. This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. Let us pray. Holy and mighty God, gather us among your faithful ones, the people of your covenant, to stand in the light of your glory and to listen to the word of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. righteous. God alone is perfect. God alone is judge. Yet this holy righteous God comes to us in love to save us. Rejoicing in God's grace, let us confess our sin. Let us pray. God of all glory, beauty, and grace, we have tried to hide from you, to hide our faces, to hide our sin. Yet you have never hidden your love for us. We have tried to search for you in temples, in clouds, on mountaintops. Yet you have already revealed yourself to us in the face of Jesus Christ. Forgive us and transform us so that our lives may shine with your glory, beauty, and grace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our God comes and does not keep silence. God speaks to us with grace and love, saying, You are my beloved child. This is the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. As we prepare to hear the word of God taken from the Bible, let us join together in our prayer of illumination. Speak to us, O Lord our God, and let the fire of your Spirit burn brightly in our hearts. Open our minds to receive the wisdom of the law, 
the hope of the prophets, and the life of the gospel, Jesus Christ, your living word. Amen. Our gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of Mark, the ninth chapter, verses 2 through 9. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up on a high mountain, where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone on the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking to Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud, This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Our epistle reading this morning comes from the second letter of Peter, chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth that you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory, as long as I live in the tents of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. Here ends our readings from God's word. May he bless them to our hearts and our lives. Amen. Well, Today is Transfiguration Sunday. It's the last Sunday of the season of Epiphany, the season of light where we remember God revealing his glory in Jesus Christ. This coming Wednesday is Ash Wednesday and marks the beginning of the season of Lent in preparation for Easter. On this day, Transfiguration Sunday, we remember the event in Jesus' life when he had been talking with his disciples and told them that they would that not all of them would leave this earth before they saw God in all of his glory. And here it is a week later, and Jesus takes the inner three of the disciples, Peter, James, and John, and leads them up a mountain. And there, while they're all alone, all four of them, up on the mountain, suddenly Jesus' appearance is transfigured. His face begins to shine as bright as the sun, and his clothes become as dazzling white as could be, any whiter than anybody could make them, any a launderer could make them. 
They were that bright light. And along with Jesus, they saw Moses and Elijah, the two Old Testament greats who spoke of the law, the law of Moses, and the prophets, talking with Jesus about what was going to happen. Well, they're dumbstruck. They're overwhelmed. They don't know what to think. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. Well, no, let me take that back. Good old Peter, once again, he opens his mouth without really engaging his brain first. And he says to Jesus, he says, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let's put up three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. At that point, a cloud comes and covers the top of the mountain where they're at. And they find themselves enveloped in this cloud. They can't see each other. They cannot see Jesus and Moses and Elijah. And while they're in that, that cloud, they hear a majestic voice coming from the glory. It is the voice of God, which once before spoke these words at the occasion of Jesus' baptism. God says for them to hear, you know, he said these words for them to hear, this is my son whom I love, listen to him. Suddenly the cloud dissipates and they look around and they say, see no one there on the mountain with them except Jesus alone. Whoa, what an experience. At that point, Jesus says to them, come on, men, it's time for us to go back down the mountain, back into the valley. And I could hear them saying to themselves, do we have to? It's been so wonderful up here on the mountaintop. Do we have to go back down to the valley where there are so many difficulties, where there are so many sick people and demon-possessed people? and needs, and there's all this squabbling with the scribes and the Pharisees and the chief priests. Do we need to go back down there, Jesus? But Jesus says, let us go. And he leads the way back down the valley. And of course, if we kept on reading, we see that no sooner had they got back down into the valley, and here they are in the thick of things. The other uh, nine disciples are in uh, conflict with the uh, chief priest and uh, not so much chief priest here but the scribes and the Pharisees about the healing of a demon possessed boy and as they're going down the mountain Jesus tells them not to tell any of the others what they have seen until after his death and resurrection I'm sure you know the other disciples were saying to them later what happened? You know, after the incident with the demon-possessed boy was over, I could see the other disciples come. Well, what what happened up on the mountain when you're up on the mountain with Jesus? Well, I'm sorry, I can't tell you. Jesus said not to say anything about it. Whoa, aren't you special? But the day came when Jesus died and rose again, and they told they they were able to tell the other disciples what had happened up on the mountain. So what does that mean to us today? Well, I like to talk about mountaintop experiences. 
a mountaintop experience is a is a Christian phrase, uh, an expression that uh, goes around in certain circles of the church, in different denominations. It's used in some denominations, not in others. But it talks about having an special, especially personal experience with God, that God becomes suddenly more real and more personal to you. Uh, sometimes it happens with a, a young person that goes to church camp in the summer. Sometimes it happens with a youth or even adults when they go on a mission trip to help other people. Uh, sometimes it happens to adults uh, when they go on some sort of church retreat, either a denominational church retreat or uh, a uh, private individual group such as Trey's Days in this area, or uh, like when we were back over in Ohio, it was called the Walk to Emmaus. Uh, these were these are uh, weekend special weekends where you get away, you leave behind uh, your watch, you leave behind your cell phone, you get away to spend time with God and. During these times, uh, God can become more real to you than he's ever been real before. You sense the love of God like you've never sensed it before. You sense his forgiveness. You sense his grace. You sense his leading and guiding. This is a mountaintop experience. And it's wonderful. And I hope everybody here has had one, if not more than one. Unfortunately, we don't want to leave the mountain. It's been wonderful. It is wonderful up on the mountain. It's a special experience. We want to be there. We want to be feeling this close to Jesus. We want to leave the cares and the heartaches and the troubles of ordinary life down in the valley behind us. And we just want to stay up on the mountaintop. We, like Peter, we want to say, uh, let's build three tents and one for you, Jesus, and one for us. And we just, me and you, Jesus, up here, and the others with me, up here on the mountaintop. But that's not the way God works. God calls us to go back down to the valley. The whole reason why Jesus calls us apart to come to the mountaintop with him is that we can have this fresh experience of who he is, that he is God's beloved son, and with him God is well pleased, and that through Jesus, God is well pleased with us. But God does this to refresh us, to strengthen us, to give us new purpose to go back down into the valley, to minister to hurting people in Jesus' name, to be willing to be misunderstood by others uh, who think we're, uh, to use another uh, religious phrase, holy rollers, uh, stuck in the mud Christians, uh, whatever you want to call them. Uh, God strengthens us to go down in the valley and to share his love with the people we come in contact with, whom Jesus sends across our paths. That's the purpose of mountaintop experiences. It's to refresh us and enable us. That's what 
you know, going on here when uh, Peter writes in his second letter. He's writing to the people whom he has had an impact on in his life, and he says to them, you know, we did not follow cleverly invented uh, stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. So the idea is, while we can't stay on the mountain, when we come down from the mountain, the memory of the mountaintop remains with us, and it strengthens us, and it encourages us, and it causes us not to, to be overwhelmed, not to become full of doubt or fear, to be willing to continue to share the message of God's love with those we come in contact with. It becomes a source of strength. It becomes a source of comfort, encouraging us to go on. So, you know, you, you can't ask for it. Well, you can pray for it, but it's no guarantee that God will give you a mountaintop experience. But, you know, if you've had one, praise God for it. Remember it. If you haven't had one or if you haven't had one in a long time, trust God. Lord, you know I'm struggling. You know that it's hard to live for you. May I have a fresh glimpse of your glory, of who Jesus is, and how I'm your beloved child in Jesus Christ. This we pray. Amen. Now let us join together in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now let us prepare our hearts for prayer. Father God, we come before you this morning, and we are thankful that you are always with us. You're always strengthening us and comforting us, whether it be on the mountaintop or whether it be in the valley. But Father, we do thank you 
for those mountaintop experiences that you share with us, where we can get away from the world for a, a short while, where we can get close to you, to spend time with you becoming refreshed and renewed and given fresh direction. But help us to remember, Father, that when we're on the mountaintop, that you call us to just fix our eyes on Jesus, not on, exper not on experiences, not on what others have to say, but help us to fix our eyes on you and look to you for direction. You know, if you call us to go back down to the valley, let us be willing to follow you. We come before you today and we pray for our nation. Lord, it's a time of strife and conflict in so many ways. We pray, Father, that we would be sources of calmness, sources of reconciliation, sources of peacemaking in our neighborhoods, in our homes. We pray that you would guide our leaders, that you would help them to make right decisions, that they would be willing to come together, cross party lines, cross uh, the, uh, political, uh, this, the political spectrum, but come together to do what's best for this nation, for the people of the nation. We come before you about the world. We pray, Lord, that you would bring about peace in troubled places around the world, uh, that there would be uh, an end of, uh, of uh, conflict, uh, and that you would bring healing to divided peoples, that you would provide the needs of those who are homeless or hungry or without proper clothing, whether they be refugees escaping from conflict or whether they just be people in our local communities uh, who are without basic necessities. Lord, uh, help us to be willing to be sources of helping to provide these needs as you enable us. We come before you and we lift up our church in the Church of Jesus Christ. Lord, draw us closer to you. May our may we be transfigured, Father, that when others look at us, they see more so each day the face of Jesus reflected in us. They say, you know, if Jesus is like you, I want to have this Jesus. We thank you that you do hear and answer our prayers. We lift them up in Jesus' name. And join together in that prayer he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Now go and tell the good news. The Lord of life and light is with us. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. The very face of God shines upon you with beauty, blessing, and peace. Alleluia. Amen. We thank you for worshiping with us today. We hope you have been blessed and God has been glorified. May you have a God-blessed week. We look forward to you joining us again next Sunday and invite your friends to listen.